Silver Cinema, as you shouldn't do by posting episodes left and right, as how many times I come to Jared's defense or I attack Josh <laughs> in Jared's honor, and either he sasses me before I can even defend him, or in this case, I just assume, oh, Josh is up to his old music tricks again, no excuse, and I'm like, you dumb bitch, we're not talking about a werewolf this week, we're talking about a mummy. It was but it a, wasn't me, was it Mike? It, was a, it wasn't. It was a taunt. Welcome back to Sober Cinema. <laughs> Jared, in his skewed mind, has uh, introduced us to at least one of our films we'll be talking about. The 2017 version of The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. Wait. I'm just joking. <laughs> I, would, I would let you do your third <laughs> review on Brendan Fraser. <laughs> If you'd want to. And then Jared and I would do some sort of thing like, anyway, Jared, what'd you think about this sequence? But we'd leave all your material in. <laughs> so uh, this one came out on the weekend of uh, June 9th through the 11th, 2017. And our forgotten film uh, is, um, I can't be mean to uh, Sam Elliott. He's not, you know, an old mummy, but he's dealing with uh, being old. And he's on the tail end of his cinematic career. It's a little more. Josh is starting to giggle, but I'll admit it's a little, <laughs> a little more serious. He's he's got cancer, and uh, he's uh, facing not, his own mortality. I'm not laughing about that. <laughs> Lord. I was just saying, like you know, the the obvious uh, introduction there is we've got a mummy, and then we've got a uh, really ancient old man. But you know, Sam <laughs> Elliott looks pretty good to be an ancient old man, so I can't really make that joke. Doesn't make any sense. Seems to be doing all right for himself. Well, he's in your favorite fucking movie of all time, uh, Star is Born. So, yeah, he's, he's doing great in your eyes. <laughs> Chef kiss. Mwah, mwah. How's that letterbox count coming at Sober Cinema? <laughs> right where it should be, Mike. <laughs> Josh opens app, writes the Star is Born review, deletes app. Done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Uh, to this uh, particular weekend, this two-year anniversary, we're doing The Mummy opened in second place uh, behind the second weekend of Wonder Woman. Uh, the Mummy did $31 million to Wonder Woman's $58 million, uh, in its uh, second go-around. And uh, there were a couple options here. There was one that I think probably would have pleased Josh more yet again. I'm defending Jared's honor. He doesn't even thank me for it. Thank uh, you. This... <laughs> that sounds so insincere. <laughs> You're never pleased. Um, the uh, second uh, biggest film as far as wide release was still Far Cry from The Mummy it was It Comes at Night which I've still not seen but would have fit in the horror vibe if we were going that Mm. direction Yeah. but if you go further down the list coming in 34th for the weekend on just a mere four screens uh, grossing 45 grand is Sam Elliott in The Hero 
and we've actually already covered uh, this writer director, one of his uh, other films, the one to follow up the hero, which was Hearts Beat Loud, which I believe Josh disliked very much. That is true. I would say I hope this goes better the second time around, but I really don't. You know me. So I hope you hate it. Jared, <laughs> what did the critics think? They weren't Josh of The Mummy and the Hero. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the Mummy with very <laughs> dire numbers across the board. 16% from the critics, 35% Ooh. from the audience. Not even an audience favorite. Um, The Hero fared quite a bit better. 77% from the critics. Didn't do as well with the audience. 58%. Almost uh, coin flip with the audience. And uh, box office-wise, uh, how did they end up? Because uh, obviously The Mummy opened okay, but uh, I don't know how it did in the long run. You will be... I will be with you here in one moment. <laughs> Should you we had play, like, one a, job, a Jared. A highlight montage of uh, Jared uh, talking about him liking boobies or... <laughs> There was another clip I like where he talks about the devil's influence on his per- perversions. <laughs> I don't even know what context that conversation was, but it went into my clip archive of Jerry. I guess that was the, uh, what was that, uh, the Stephen King one? Oh, yeah. Needful Things. Needful Things. Mm. I even forgot I that. Yeah, I forgot we did that one. God, I was I'm sure so our listeners drunk. did as well. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, uh, back drinking again. That's always good for the show. I'm doing it for you, baby. <laughs> the, the Mummy ended up with a domestic gross of $80.2 million on a $125 million budget. It it raked up uh, overseas, though. Like It had like $400 million box office from oh, overseas. Yeah, it killed uh, overseas. And it was still treated like a flop, though. I mean, I oh yeah, it was still treated as a flop over here. Well, we'll get into that. Uh, what did the hero end up doing? After it did. Uh, it says right here four million dollars. Actually, that's probably decent. I don't think that one ever got a wide release. Uh, so you know, mm-hmm. it's a true independent film. All right, yeah, I, I hadn't seen uh, the Mummy. I had seen the Hero. Uh, had either one of you? Did you watch uh, Tom Cruise? Neither one. Fight offices? No. Nope. Yeah, neither one for me. Either. So all I knew about it uh, is what Josh said was it was some sort of a bomb failure, uh, and uh, I'm well, I, guessing that goes back to what's that, Jared? I, I remember the the Dark Universe stuff. Being interested in that, that's the one thing that I remembered about this movie. Like I, I, I couldn't remember the trailers at all, but I remember them. You know pitching this idea of like we're going to start our own sort of like universe for uh universal monsters and stuff and i was really psyched about that yeah instead of doing uh you know the dc thing where we're going to do our own superhero universe which i mean makes sense because there mm-hmm. actually is one in comic book form uh they were going to do uh, the universal monster movies uh this this universe where they all cross over and uh yeah that's i think when i saw that come up uh it's got like the dark universe sort of banner that comes around the mm-hmm. globe uh I was like, oh, yeah, I think that taint is probably what made the <laughs> knives come out yeah. a little more because, uh, you know, I, we saw this with the DC movies, the response, like, how dare they try to set up their own universe? Like, you know, Marvel did it. Marvel did it over 10 years. You know, don't don't try to rush it. So that was all I had going into it. And I'm like, oh, I bet this one this one has a lot of stupid shit in it. And it kind of does. But not, not in the way I, the Internet had me anticipate. I thought it was going to force in, like, 
every damn monster Universal Studios had under that <laughs> umbrella. And they have one. You know, you get one appearance by uh, Dr. Jekyll. Which is public domain. <laughs> and even that's pretty fitting because of the position his character has in the story. You can be that cure. Stop. A sacrifice to stop. For the greater good. I'm not interested in that at all. Ah! Okay. Don't. Okay. We're just going to take a minute, and we're all going to come up with a new plan. We have to go. You don't know what you're doing. Really? I know exactly what I'm doing. Oh, my dear, Henry Jekyll. If ever I've seen Satan's signature upon a face, he's on that of your new friend. I, You know, I have to admit, like, you know, pretty much I, I enjoyed this. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh... <laughs> I sort of put myself under the gun with this one where uh, it was on HBO a few months back and I started it and I didn't get very far, you know, I'm, you know, sleepy or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm not watching this for any podcast yet. So I'll make uh, those two other idiots watch it with me when the time is right, mm. when it comes up on its anniversary. Because I heard it stinks. So it'll be good for them. And so I put it aside, went off HBO. Uh, I checked it out at the library because they had a Blu-ray copy. Um Dicked around. I don't know what I did. Probably watched other movies. Didn't had to return it, and kind of put myself in fix this weekend where I had to like rent or buy it, and it was on it was on sale on iTunes to buy it, and uh, I always tend to go that way, even if it's a blind purchase, because I just hate if I enjoy it. I hate the idea that I'm going to buy it again later. So I'm like, good or bad, it goes in my digital library. Take that for what you will. That maybe I was a little more defensive over this movie. From it's not bad. This is all right. Yeah, I gotta protect Tom your investment. Yeah, I spent ten bucks on this, and I'm gonna have it forever. I'm gonna love it forever. You'll never watch it again. I'll I'll do another podcast on it. I assure you, Jared. But I honestly think I can see why there was hatred because it's definitely not like a return to like the horror roots. I guess for, like it it has far more. In common, I think with the Brendan Fraser actiony version of it than maybe what people hoped. And I think that Dark Universe banner, uh, the monster movie, you know, the fans of those classic films, maybe they just felt like the movie turned on them or it just wasn't what they wanted. But for me, uh, just looking as a failure, I, I had a good time with it. I mean, it's it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I thought it was a mostly uh, pleasant action movie. What about? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll start with uh, Jared because just on that note, Jared, you said you were excited about the the sort of monster universe. So did you uh, feel betrayed by it? I, I wouldn't say betrayed. I would say um, just my expectations for it were different. I think you already hit on it on the fact that I was hoping it would be more kind of uh, a dark, more of a horror movie type, and really, it's just mummy impossible like it's it's just an action movie it's a better title <laughs> it's just it's just a mummy movie that's an action movie with uh tom cruise you know so a lot of the humor didn't hit uh it's just mainly like action cut scenes where he fights zombie mummies whatever you want to call them but i will not go to the level of angst and anger that the internet went to it is still an okay watch it's just it wasn't what i expected it to be Josh? No segue? Okay, all right. No, I actually, so... As uh, if he needs to be tapped in to start talking. Well, I was just waiting to see (laughs) if you were done. Uh, Okay. No, so, I mean, I'll I'll echo a lot of what you you two have already said. Um, I was was actually interested when I heard about the whole Dark Universe idea. I was like, you know, I know... A lot of people give Marvel a hard time about the whole franchise thing and, and all the movies being connected. But I was like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that in a different genre, especially like a 
a horror genre. That that would be kind of fun to see like a shared universe of different different creatures and the whole um old universal monster movies it's kind of a blind spot in my movie watching i can't say i've ever sat down and really watched the old classics myself i mean i know I think, probably for most people ago. they're probably just more you know icons right you know, right. just recognize like clips but yeah I, don't, I doubt many people have sat down and watched all of them so and you know i don't really have anything to compare to in those regards which i i certainly didn't think when they set up to make the dark universe that they were like actually trying to like remake those films in in the same regards that that, that they were made before but uh much like what you all have both said um with all the negative reviews it got i just was expecting a terribly i i figured it was either just ridiculous or just maybe just a snooze fest like just completely boring and i actually was more concerned about it being that and yeah i was i was you know pretty surprised by the fact that it, it, there was nothing about it that offended my senses, really. I mean, there were times where it probably lulled a little bit, and it, as as Jared mentioned, it's certainly not a horror movie. And you, you know, it like you said about the um, Brendan Fraser mummy movies, it's certainly more kind of Indiana Jones like. I do think this one probably has more uh, dark imagery and kind of horrific ideas than the older mummy movie we're discussing, but it still teeters more on the side of being advent, you know, adventurous. I, I, I was actually surprised because I, even though I knew they were going to do that dark universe thing, I thought that I thought the whole connective tissue would be stuff that came later. I didn't know they were already going to be pl- trying to plant seeds of it. in this one. So like, as you mentioned, we had Russell Crowe playing, uh, Dr. Jekyll. And, uh, actually when he's in their little, uh, whatever they are, like Monster Hunter headquarters, or whatever. You know, you see signs of like you see like a Dracula skull, I think. Uh, creature from the Black Lagoon mm-hmm. hand, I think. And I was like, okay, well, those are subtle little nods. You know, that's fun. And so I, I was really digging all that. Um, and, and for the life of me, I can't understand why the the negative reviews came. I think it's the Tom Cruise influence because I read some articles where I guess the director sort of the guy who's in charge of like running the universe, like to be the, the, the head of the writer's room for the mm-hmm. other films. Mm-hmm. Um, he's even said now he sort of disavowed this, like, yeah, it wasn't the movie I wanted it to be. And from what I've read, like Tom Cruise sort of exerted his influence to make it more of an action movie. Mm. Uh, I have to side with the guy who's, uh, uh, name has been a cinematic God for decades at this point <laughs> over, well, uh, what is this twerp's name? Um, Alex Kurtzman. Um, in the sense that I feel like it would have felt far more forced if it was just a straight mummy, just like walking down, like, you know, well, chasing you. Like if it was a straight horror movie, like the fact that it's <laughs> Tom Cruise pretty much as Tom Cruise, who's almost like fallen into <laughs> a monster movie and he's <laughs> treating it like it's Jared said, like a mission impossible movie. He's thinking he can solve it by being Tom Cruise. <laughs> and I actually can't remember a time where Tom Cruise has, played so ignorant like this almost feels it's it is a and action uns- movie hopping a, uns- it's a hop and a skip well. yeah hop and a skip from george clooney no brother where art thou yeah, where he yeah. thinks he's the smartest guy in the room <laughs> people just keep telling him like man you're you are literally cursed like you have a death curse <laughs> placed on you you don't understand <laughs> what you walked into and you can't fight your way out of it and he's like yeah but you know 
I've got this two by four. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pick up the skull and hit you with it. Like, and he's running. I mean, I I think there's, there's some of it. I feel like they're poking fun at it. Like they're poking fun at the idea of an action hero, always being able to like physically outmatch supernatural forces. Like there's a sequence where he runs out of this, I don't know, church or whatever, someplace scary. And he just leaves the woman. Yeah. (laughs) He just takes off. He just takes off. she's, and I even it even tricked me because she's like, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" And I'm thinking like, "Oh, he's trying to lead the monsters away from her." And uh, she's too stupid. She got in the car. No, he was just running for the first car he saw, and <laughs> she, he wasn't waiting. She said, "She said you were going to leave me, weren't you?" He's like, "Did you see what I saw?" <laughs> I mean, he's basically saying like, "Yeah, I, I, I was out." There's a sequence where she says, "I know you're good. There's you know you're not true evil. Evil can't win because." Uh, the trailer moment is the, the plane going down. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think that that's what I remember from the advertising. And he gives her the last parachute. She's like, you know, you gave knowingly, like, basically sacrificed himself. And he looks at her for a long time. He's like, I thought there was another one on there. <laughs> 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 so I'm digging this dude. I'm yeah. digging it. What I didn't like about the movie, uh, Jared kind of alluded to it as well. Uh, I didn't like the multiple mummies. I thought I felt like the one mummy was scary enough. I didn't like her like. Jared, you call them a zombie army? Pretty they're basically much, like yeah. the orcs. They're the goons that are meant to be like fought off, and they're mm-hmm. not as powerful. But it gives Tom Cruise something to do. Yeah, filler material. Presumably, <clears throat> he can't attack the actual mummy. She's like too powerful, and you know the whole thing is trying to keep him away from her. Mm-hmm. You know, so that the curse, you know, can't be completed. The ritual, uh, and then, you know, it's Josh. You said it's like Indiana Jones style. They're like sort of hopping all over, like trying to get the artifact, trying to stay mm-hmm. away from the artifact. Right. Uh, for the most part, it's fun. But I, I could have dealt. I actually didn't need him to fight anything. I needed him to just, <laughs> I needed it to be one big chase sequence where it's basically hot potato, stay away from the mummy uh, or see <laughs> yeah. if you can get the stone yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, I agree. The imagery is good. I think the actual mummy looks cool. I think she looks scary. Yeah, she does. I, I would argue that I would have liked to have probably seen a little bit more of the iconic mummy imagery for some of the movie, you know, just, just to help if, if we're kind of trying to go that old universal route as far as like kind of conjuring that imagery, because I agree with what you were saying earlier. Uh, those, those old movie monsters. Um, <clears throat> I don't know when the last time was, I saw an actual scary Dracula movie or Frankenstein movie or mummy movie. I, I think the, the ideas that made those horrific back when they were originally created are, very different from our horror sensibilities today. So you certainly can't try to go the route of like <laughs> doing it like the old movies, like you said, like just the zombie, the zombie mummy with the arms out slowly, just kind of chasing people. But I do think it would have served them a little bit better to have swung a little bit deeper into some of the imagery from those iconic characters that we, that we know of. But I, I do like, I mean, I like that they changed it up, that the, the mummy's female, they definitely made her creepy. I mean, her like her backstory was pretty brutal, and uh, the way they used her was pretty effective as well. I would have liked to have seen, uh, one difference I, th- I think I would have liked to have seen was, you know, she once she's released, she's just immediately back into a taking over the world mode of like, <laughs> I'm going to get I can't remember is it set or whatever is like the evil god she's trying to uh, conjure up into Tom Cruise's body I, I would have liked it if she'd been like pissed off like 
you know, they talk about Mercury, like, hurting and, like, keeping the, you know, the creature back and stuff. She's been entombed for, like, a thousand, like, thousands of years, like, embalmed in uh, Mercury. I would like to have seen her, like, the mummy be a little bit more vengeful, like, angry, like, out for carnage versus just kind of, like, get, bring me the dagger of whatever. Well, and I mean, Josh, I, I, I would have to go against you there if I... I understand being a bit agitated at uh, being imprisoned for centuries. <laughs> but however, I'm gonna make damn Skippy. That's not gonna happen again. So well, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I might be angry. I'll get my just desserts after I finish my business. I guess. I guess I'm I just would like the, to have seen that uh, maybe displayed in her character a little bit more, though. Just the I don't know, a little bit more of a. Of angry viciousness. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of nitpicking on that. They do play but, it a little bit more femme fatale, where she's like, yeah. Tom Cruise's head, and she's like, you know, trying to trying to win him over. But you know, I, I don't know. She's <laughs> she's going to force him to do it anyway. But she's like, she seems like she'd be a lot happier if he would just take the the devil's agreement, the handshake, and be like, but you'll be a god. I mean, you won't be you, but you'll be a god of death. Doesn't that sound <laughs> nice? And you'll have me. I thought that the cutaways to the desert sequences where they almost like make out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that maybe that felt like something Tom Cruise said. Hey, put this in the story. It's <laughs> in the and, and maybe maybe that's some of the stuff that are talking about. In which case, I might would be more at to agree with them over over him. Because nope. I see where he's coming from. If I was in the shoes, I'd ask Listen, the same. I need things. her to be like rubbing all over me, <laughs> desiring me. <laughs> Look great. My ten dollar purchase in four K on iTunes. Look fantastic. Those sequences. Good job, Tom. You did good, Jared. Yes, sir. I'm I'm officially tapping you in. I'm giving you the 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 pat on the podcast ass that Josh wanted so much to say. All right, your turn, buddy. She was way too attractive to be the mummy. This is way off brand for what I'm used to. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> nasty Hellcat. it's distracting. I'm just, I'm saying no. That is on brand for nasty Hellcat. It's like they get way like Josh said. They get way too. Uh, too quickly on her rejuvenated form to where she's actually attractive again to where it was. That's not scary. I did. That's the one thing I did. It's scary how much you want it. Well, yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> I second that though, Jerry, because I, I think you know, getting to her being rejuvenated by the end of it is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing her like that is yeah, that's not worked up very. I just slowly. wouldn't have. Mind, yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing a little bit more of the mummy imagery. There's nothing that's on. grotesque about her, you know. She's yeah. an attractive woman and barely covered by, you know, cloth or whatever. So that's she's that's got not... cool little tattoos or whatever. No, she she's... did have a she did have a hole through her cheek, Jared. I don't know what kind of kink that's playing into for you. Uh, I've but... seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, Mike. Calm down. <laughs> Nancy <laughs> All right, I'm tapping Jared out. <laughs> Best talk was in L.A., right? Yeah. Do you live around here? No. Stalking you. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte, right? You got a good memory for an old pothead. A sad old pothead. Why'd you say that anyway? Um, because you're old and you smoke a lot of weed. I mean, the part about me being sad. I don't know. Are you? 
Nothing wrong with that. Are you married? Divorced. Have been for a long time. So you're gonna ask for my number? You want me to? Yeah. Oh, you got a thing for sad old guys or something? No. Just old guys. Uh, let's move on to uh, the hero, uh, which I had seen previously. So I don't know if this was a first time watch for you all, but Josh, you uh, expressed excitement because it was streaming on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> that was all. I uh, have that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, somewhere somewhere in the past, I thought we had made a pact to try to pick movies that were like accessible, and it just seemed like we had been on a roll there where it was like, "Dad, gone." This movie is not to be found. Come on, man. Crappy. Everybody's got, even cowgirls get the blues on their shelves. <laughs> yeah. Where have you been for the last 25 years? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that was a nice perk. <laughs> so, other than it being accessible to you, uh, you know, you like Sam Elliott, at least when he stars with Bradley Cooper. I do like Sam Elliott. And he I... took a much more prominent role in this one. Even though this is a forgotten film, it's not quite as forgotten as some of them you have picked in the past. I, I was pretty familiar with this one. I don't know how to take that. You want you want me to go lower or no higher? What is that? No, I like. I mean, to, for me, this is kind of like what I think of when I think of forgotten movie. Where it's like it was there, it was noticed, Hold on. Hold it was on. present. You know where this is going, Jared? This is just going to, he liked it. That's, now that's what I think of forgotten film that I'm glad you made me watch. That's not completely true. That's not completely true. It's mostly true, but not completely true. No. Listen, I'm just getting to, to the fact that it's like, this is a movie that like, it was at least in the zeitgeist enough to like, I knew it existed. I had heard about it. I'd heard that, you know, it got some good reviews. People were talking about it. Whereas some of these movies you have brought up and I'm like, I've never heard of that. And I don't know any of the people that are in it. <laughs> but anyways. Oma Thurman was in that. Movie, <laughs> by God. Okay. All right. So that said, um, I, I do think this is like a excellent performance from Sam Elliott. I guess I can give it. It's There's not a real deep plot here. Um, the little IMDb blurb is an Elling movie star comes to terms with his past and mortality. Uh, essentially, as Mike spoiled at the top of the episode, he uh, does pretty, he finds out pretty pretty early in the movie, like pretty close to the beginning, that he has uh, is it a pancreatic cancer, which is like you know. If, there, Horrible if there's, survival more, rate. If there's yeah. more of a death sentence with cancer, it's that one, yeah. So I love having uh, the uh, charge uh, levied against me there that I spoiled it. But you're like, ah, it's a you know, five, <laughs> ten minutes in the movie. You figured it out pretty quick. Thanks for spoiling it, dickhead. Hey. <laughs> Spoiler culture, man. They're touchy, they're touchy people. Uh, so, you know, uh, early on, he finds out he's getting... Um, recognized as I can't remember like what type of Western um, Western like, Appreciation how, and Preservation or something like that. Yeah, some sort of organization like that, like some sort of board that's giving him this like Lifetime Achievement Award. 
it's seen as I think from him and us, you know, it's not like he's winning a lifetime achievement award at the Oscars. It's some sort of lesser small time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, and you can see in some of the way he talks about his own career, there's some regret that it's like he could have done better things. That he only had like really one role he was proud of. And it, was, it seems to be a long time ago. I don't think he takes a slot at the smallness of it, though. I think he takes a slot at the fact that it almost sounds like a like it sounds like they're saying his career's over. Like at well, your lifetime, seventy. Yeah, 71. yeah, yeah. But I think that is what he takes issue with is that. It's like basically putting the the period at the end of the sentence. Like, <laughs> we well, better give him is... something now. <laughs> yeah. we might not have another opportunity. <laughs> right. And you know what? They're right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the cancer bones. <laughs> cancer bones. Well, that's a new one for me. Never heard cancer bones. Has the cancer bones? Look, well, thank you. We got to liven this MD. up a little bit. I mean. The movie's a little more entertaining than that. I mean, it's also, you know, it's not just a... It is. You know, him walking the green mile. He no. does take time to bang a 35-year-old comedian. Gets it on with Laura Prepon. The, um... Actually, the, the, the scene That's her where name. That's, that's the top of the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> Gets it on with Laura Prepon. <laughs> My wife was asking, she's like, where have I seen her before? I was like, I think she was uh, on that 70s show. I was like, I don't know. Jared, uh, <laughs> Jared was very happy to see her. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I do think the scene with uh, the two of them when they uh, they take some <laughs> drugs on the way to that award show, or not award show, but his like lifetime achievement uh, thing. Uh, seeing Sam Elliott kind of unwind because you know he he usually has pretty self serious roles. Uh, He's usually got that stern, you know, like that, very stoic. Yeah, man. yeah. Very cool. Somebody yeah. who would just soon slap you as you know, a wisecrack. So uh, seeing him to do the role where he's like very uh, cordial and starting to unwind and borderline even kind of silly with the way he's interacting with people, but in in all good fun ways. It never. I was afraid they were going to turn it into like. Uh, the stumbling idiot, like like he's too high and gonna make a fool of himself. And I, I'm glad they made it just like he has a moment to kind of just soak it all in and enjoy it. And I mean, he's clearly you know being silly and he's uh you know loosened up, mm-hmm. but it actually plays in that positive way where people right, are like, right. well, like you're saying, I've never seen Sam Elliott like that. Like you know his you know in this fictional world, this whatever this Western hero, it'd be like if. Clint Eastwood. Yep, if you just saw say. like a YouTube clip of him just like goofing around, like telling fucking <laughs> Clint jokes. Eastwood high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be. People would find that like pretty cool. It would you know, be I mean, even. I think yeah. people who are a little more reserved as far as you know drug culture, they they would probably still find it funny. Like you know what he's <laughs> he's earned the right to put whatever he wants in his body. He's good. <laughs> he's fine. Uh, I, you know the biggest charge I saw um against this one was it was a sort of a, a story that we've seen before i would argue that too yeah uh so i'm wondering jared if you know that being sort of agreed upon that's a sort of a well uh worn concept of a, a man facing his mortality mm-hmm. and in particular a, a sort of absentee father who uh christian ritter plays his daughter that he uh is trying to make things right with before you know possibly he uh, succumbs to this illness mm-hmm. uh did it all still work for you or did you did it feel a little too played out too tired no i was i was really really a big fan of this movie um I think the casting choice is what won me over because seeing this t- type of uh, film from somebody else wouldn't have had as much of an impact as Sam Elliott. Seeing him at this like vulnerable 
the vulnerable moments that he has or, you know, dealing with this, you know, the bullshit that we call life. Um, it, it just, it, it, it meant a lot more as a viewer, like seeing somebody that, as you guys said, that stoic, that, that much of a, a hard ass, like go through that. Like, I think that his reputation beforehand helped out this movie in an intangible well, way. Kind of playing with it too, right? Like they open the opening sequence is him uh, mm. narrating a commercial using his voice, and he mm, beef. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> beef. It's what's for dinner. Like that comes to mind, right? So it kind of gives yeah. you an entry point to the film where it's like, yeah, he's kind of playing a version version of himself here. Yeah, and he's also uh, obviously old as well. So I mean, I'm, he's playing the character. So that's kind of what I have a problem with, though. Not. It, it, Sam Elliott, huh? No, Boo. not Sam Elliott. No, it's the fact that the movie... <laughs> I would have actually liked something that maybe... I understand this isn't a Sam Elliott biopic, but still, yeah, if, if we're supposed to be kind of honing in on the, like, oh, this is still very reflective of Sam Elliott, there's too many differences. Like, I don't think Sam Elliott has to reflect on his career and be like, ah, oh, didn't do much, did I? No, because no, he's been in a lot of really good movies, and he's been a stellar actor for most of his career. Pretty, uh, uh, I guess famously recent, uh, history, uh, when he <laughs> was asked, like, you know, what, what do you think of your Oscar nomination for, for Josh's, uh, favorite film of all time, A Star is Born? <laughs> uh, he said on the record, it's about fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a lot of the things that make his character interesting in the movie, the, the turmoil that it's going through, I don't think are very reflective of real life Sam Elliott. The, the, the outer shell is the playing the stoic hero, cowboy characters, the voiceover actor, yeah, you know, uh, being known for his signature voice. But I don't think the other stuff in this, the, the other stuff in it is very reflective of him. And I've actually would have preferred maybe something that would have leaned more into that because I, I'm not saying it needs to be a biopic, but still. I feel like there's a good example, but it's like on the tip of my tongue, and I can't remember it. That there's been like some other movies where actors have done that, where it's been a little bit more reflective of their careers or their life, even though it's not directly about them. Um, you know, even even something like Unforgiven for Clint Eastwood. You know, there was kind of like a commentary going on there underneath it all about his previous career and stuff. I don't know. I I kind of wish it had been just a little bit more of that. And because we didn't get that, and because it did lean on certain tropes that we have seen so much before, like you said, the the broken relationship between him and his daughter, um, he's dying of cancer and trying to kind of make things right with people and trying to find his significance. I don't have a problem with any of those things per se, but this it's just been done a lot. And I don't know that I feel like the movie is necessarily bringing a whole lot new or or anything special to that story yeah i think that nothing against uh christian ritter here uh, as his daughter but i feel like the movie works better if she's a presence <laughs> a presence by not being in the movie like mm. maybe that's what he's working towards he's working to make that phone call uh you have a really touching sequence uh with him and uh, uh ron swanson of all people <laughs> sitting across from him uh where he's reading lines oh uh, yeah with his his drug dealer yeah. and you know, in that sequence, he's playing a father in this like sort of sci-fi fantasy film mm -hmm. that in that, in the scene he's reading has like taken on a different form. He's come right. back from death. He's like some sort of, you know, weird Jedi master or something of some, some sort. 
and he's come he's come back to life to protect his daughter right and he so he he's speaking to his daughter in the script but you can read it more as all the things he wishes he right could say in a heightened more dramatic setting to his actual daughter i think the movie's maybe stronger if you know it ends with you know her picking up the phone and you don't really ever see them communicate but you know that that's what he wants most in his life because the sequences where he goes to the daughter it is it does feel played out like he's mm-hmm. absent he was an absentee father because he was very successful he's mm-hmm. always off making movies he was always off being the the icon uh the the western gunslinger and he wasn't there but it you know she she doesn't come across as very likable not that she's not right but it's just like it doesn't sound like he was a bad guy he just really put his career first and when he wants to focus on her you know he missed her childhood so yeah. I don't know. It's not really that dramatically interesting, but man, that scene where he's like playing the fictional gunslinger Jedi wizard father, that's actually incredibly touching. And he's, you know, staring across from a, a sitcom character, you know, the goofy drug dealer. Yeah. And it's like that, that, that to me is like the pinnacle of the movie. I, I agree. I, that scene was very effective for me. And, uh, I felt like Nick Offerman <laughs> played that role. Well, as in like, I think he was responding like how you, the audience member, is responding like, Whoa, I think he's, was, he's got tears was, in his eyes yeah. and he's like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was heavy. <laughs> you, you, know? you can see why this, uh, this, uh, Brett Haley, this director here, his next film was hard to be loud with Nick Offerman. Like it's like, I, and I like that he kind of wants to work with the same people. Like mm-hmm. if you go back through his films, uh, that's pretty cool. I do recall though Josh hating it and Jared being in the right because he agreed with me that that one was uh, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Nonsense it was. Josh hates happiness. Let's compare these. Uh, compare these two critically. This one was uh, the hero was regarded far more favorably, which is probably expected given that it's you know uh, coming off the I think Sundance the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it at the uh, I guess the closest film festival we have, the Nashville Film Festival. Uh, a couple months before it came out, and I think it was like the headlining movie, the opener for that one. Um, and then you have the Mummy, which <laughs> was never gonna—I don't think was ever gonna be a critical darling. Uh, but man, did it upset the nerd community too. But you know, both of them—the only thing they have in common is that both of them, you know, are about screen legends. <laughs> and in one film, I think Tom Cruise got all the blame for messing up the dorks, you know, monster <laughs> superhero hour where they played with their toys and turned it into a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> and then obviously like, you know, the hero doesn't really work without Sam Elliott or yeah. as we mentioned, maybe a Clint Eastwood. Like there, there's no way you could fault Sam Elliott. In fact, Josh is going the opposite way. He's saying, give me more details about Sam Elliott's. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I mean, and again, I won't fault his performance. I mean, he was great in it. I'm wondering though, if, uh, I think I've said it before on a podcast, you know, we get to these independent movies, these forgotten films is the hero, something that's gotten more of a pass than what the, you know, Tom Cruise's version of the mummy did for hitting similar beats, hitting something you've seen before, but just because it's smaller budget and maybe a little more personal, a little more emotional, or just people come away with fuzzy feelings on that one. Whereas it's strange to say like a fucking monster movie starring Tom Cruise. It's like, there's all the expectations of the world. Like this better blow my hair back. Right. This better be the greatest thing ever. Right. Whereas I come into it like being like, ah, I hope it's worth 10 bucks. Please God, let it be worth 10 bucks. Go ahead, Jerry. No, I was, I I guess just for the fact that it does have more of an art house type of feel to it, that you're going to be more, um, you're going to allow more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like you said, more of the beats to be hit, more of the... Um, more horse shit. That's what I was saying, I think. <sighs> I can't go with you on horse shit. I enjoyed the film <laughs> quite a bit, but... That's the thing, though. I don't mind... I mean, I don't have a problem with anybody liking either of the films. But I think like what to, my, to what Mike's saying, and, and I would agree, is that I think your... Um, <laughs> your your film Twitter crowd, your your film snobs, oh, and, those and people, those people. <laughs> I think yeah, they're going to be forgiving of they're they're going to be more forgiving of something that leans on this art house well, top you, film more so than the Mummy, even though they might both be wavering in that average zone for similar reasons. That sort of human condition type film is always going to get a pass over <laughs> fucking Russell Crowe, you know, tossing. Tom Cruise around calling him God knows what. Well, he he turns into a character from Lockstock to Smoking Barrel. I swear to God, he 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 goes from like proper gentleman to fucking Cockney. Like I'll give him that. Like he did really well. I actually like that choice as opposed to him like turning into like the Hulk, like just an actual monster. He turns into like a drunken loud, just an asshole. Uh, And in his defense, one of the trivia pieces I read was that that's like what they do like on the Broadway shows because I guess they can't like hook out yeah, the, no transformation the or anything yeah. and that he actually turns into that Cockney accent and that's how you oh, can help cool. differ- differentiate yeah mm-hmm. so I'm, mm-hmm. I like that they're treating it like two different entities that was pretty cool can you, can you imagine if uh, like maybe Tom Cruise when his you know his mind is being manipulated by the mummy or he's going back to I thought you were going to uh, say L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, play a clip from uh, the great uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film, The Master, right now. Uh, rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, no, I was I was going back to that clip that we, you know, that scene we like in The Hero with Sam Elliott breaking down. Uh, when he is, I mean, that's that is the one moment where he's shoveling quite a bit of horse shit. Like, <laughs> if you just read like what the, the the basic story beats within this fictional world, this fantasy world, this part he's trying to get. Man, yeah. it's a mouthful. It's supposed to be like a uh, movie based on a young adult novel. So, I mean, you're talking about Nonsense. Hunger Games, yeah, man, he elevates it. you know, level. So, so much. But I tell you what, let's say in The Mummy, Tom Cruise had done the exact same thing. And that like fantasy desert sequence where he's like getting ready to make out with his like, you know, m- mummy bride when he thinks he's like set. He's, you know, he's the god of death. Can you imagine if Tom Cruise is like weeping, like going through that? <laughs> People would fucking pick up their chairs and start throwing them at the screen, and they like they couldn't, couldn't get their phones out fast enough to just say what a piece <laughs> of shit this was. That's what I'm talking about as far as what we're willing to accept. Where it's like we go into a movie, and we're like, okay, this is a melodrama. He's got cancer, and cry as much as he wants. Uh, he can, he can say all that sci-fi juju nonsense, midi chlorians, whatever. But if we actually watched it, say in Phantom Menace, if we watched the midi-chlorian sequence and fucking Qui-Gon just starts weeping in front of Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, we would think George Lucas had lost his mind. I guess that that's my point, is like, why does one work in one context and then the other, uh, it would be a travesty. It would be laughable to put it in there. Yeah, Jared. Jared's thinking. I mean, I'm looking at Jared oh, and he's like thinking get, about I mean, it like that. I mean, really? Because I think I get, Jared would be the first to like laugh if Tom Cruise <laughs> started weeping in that desert. Well, I mean, it is context because, you know, you're playing at something in the hero and then you're supposed to have this context of this shit is actually happening in the mummy. So, you know, it's, it's, it's play world versus, you know, what we're supposed to actually supposed to believe. Yeah, but don't we want to see like authentic, like, 
reaction or emotion regardless of the genre. Yeah, because Jared, like that worldview, if you're the director, you'd be like, what are you doing? Like I think when he's auditioning <laughs> for the role, it's like, whoa, slow down, buddy. This is just a stupid <laughs> sci-fi movie. <laughs> what are you fucking crying for? <laughs> Maybe they want to elevate it like the hero. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably my favorite thing about the mummy is I don't think Tom Cruise actually does try to elevate. No, nothing this. about it. I think he elevate, plays it yeah. pretty silly in the pocket. Uh, one one thing I think I don't like is it's like they don't trust Tom Cruise as like a comedic actor. That you have uh, like Jake Jake Johnson. Yeah, is that his name. Like he he is there just to be like the Jar Jar Binks character. The, and I, uh, every American time he Werewolf popped up, in London nonsense. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked him when he was just like, he's like the military sidekick in the opening sequence when they're mm. like, you know, artifact hunting, and he looks at Tom Cruise like, you're going to get us killed, and Tom Cruise is like, mm, maybe, and he just starts screaming like I knew it. You know how funny it would have been if a missile fell on him and blew him up? <laughs> he's like, I knew you were going to get me killed. <laughs> I, I was okay with like the first time he showed up post-death, because I was like, okay, that's a little creepy. But then they just kept going back to it, and then it became obvious, like, oh, this is actually supposed to be, like, funny, you know, versus... I, yeah, the first I couple the first times time I thought they was creepy. I was like, oh, that's I thought they of... were trying to subvert our expectations of him as a comedic actor, and then the, like, second, third time, I'm like, oh, he, he is there He's for trying to be comedy. funny. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's something the Brendan Fraser uh, version did better. Like, when their supporting characters were goofy, they were consistently meant to be goofy the entire time. I don't know. I, this is one of those rare episodes. I like both. I, I think those these were both uh, fine watches, and the internet uh, will probably hate me for saying that about the mummy and uh, the hero. They'll be weeping about like how glorious it is. I I think I think I liked the mummy more than I thought I would. I liked the hero less than I thought I would. I think the hero is probably a little bit of a better movie, but I think I enjoy the mummy better. So I don't know where that puts me. But Gosh, uh, Oliver. Jared, you gotta, I guess, be the you know, you gotta give us something defensive here. Uh, the mummy's worse. The hero's better. Never mind. I changed my vote. The mummy's better. <laughs> <laughs> like how dismissive Jared was there. I don't either. You know, I couldn't even get him to the one thing he, you know, his main criticism, criticism is that the mummy's too damn hot, and I'm just like, <laughs> I have to throw it's my fucking notes out. I can't I'm help just it. Like, all right, I, you know, I thought me and Jared were going to like, you know, throw the old ball around here about this one element of the film that I really dig, and uh, he just, you know, fucking ruins just it. Fucking wiggling and jiggling too much underneath them uh, cloths. I can't help it. She was. What female would you cast as the mummy, Jared? Christina Hendricks. What? <laughs> now, Jared, I know you and your tastes, and that does not—that is not in line with the, the very complaints you just sat no, no, and laid not out. Enough cloth in the world, baby. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Super Cinema. <laughs> It was distracting. Like, she is a very attractive woman. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't want to play this card, lest I be charged for uh, 
you know, homoeroticism, but I did watch the Brendan Fraser one a couple months ago. And I felt like they, and maybe not so much in the first one, but definitely I think in the second one, don't they play up the mummy like he's like shirtless? And I mean, I mean, I know he's like a goofy bald guy with all the really bad same, CGI right? now. But I, I felt like they're playing him up as if he was like some sort of romantic. Like he's, what he's fucking angry about is his lost love, right? Yeah, I can't well, answer that though because stuff like that, I can't, I can't ever come down on what side the women are on. Like, whether that's sexy or whether that's goofy looking is all get out. Because I just know he's shirtless. How about that? Yeah, he's shirtless. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I'm sure it did it for somebody. 